working. I appreciate Brother Biz being able to be with us this morning. And and uh, he was supposed to be here tonight. Of course, the meetings canceled out. And as we got a hold of each other, uh, he said, well, he's open all day if we could use him. I said, come on ahead. I'll, I'll gladly, gladly, gladly have you here. And uh, appreciate it much. And appreciate the years of ministry. You've been there 17 years now? 17 years. It's hard to believe. And I uh, remember when you were starting up on the thing. And uh, thank God we've been able to be involved in it in some manner. Brother Biz, why don't you come on ahead? And the best thing I can do is just let you preach, my brother. Let you get the little switch on the side there, get you turned on. Flip it to where it goes green. There you go. All right. He's all ready for action. Love you, my brother. Hello. Amen. Hello. All right. Good. Well, once again, um, I do want you to pray for our people on the mission field. Brother Manning hit it right on the nail. Uh, here in the state, you have what you call human rights that is... Uh, kind of respected and forced to some extent. And also you have a constitution that you leave and you abide by where you can stand on it. And if government leaders overstep their boundaries, uh, you can take them to court or you can get a lawyer. You can really challenge them and then cause them to back off. Well, number one, in the Dominican Republic, they don't have a constitution that kind of stand uh, forever of the life existence of the, of the country. Their constitution, constitution changed constantly based on whatever they want to do. Mm-hmm. This year, this decade, whatever, they may decide, okay, we want all foreigners to have dual citizenship. So they put that in their constitution. Next year, they don't want that. They vote, they change it. So all the kids that was born in the country, now they're no longer Dominicans, uh, citizens. Because the constitution, if you has just changed. So it's almost like living back in the days of Hitler, Nazism, where they can change the constitution based on whatever the dictatorship of the country wants to do. Right. That's exactly what it is. And so that causes the people to have little human uh, rights. And then if the government oversteps their boundaries, they don't have any way of... Uh, may I say challenging them or demanding for them to step back or take them to court, it does not exist. So whatever the government do here in the state to you as a country, and then they ask foreign countries to do the same thing or follow the pattern that they have, they have been given, it's 10 times worse for us than it is for you here in the state. When you, look, when you read the news, like Michigan, I think the governor overstepped her boundary. Right. She's too strict. So the people are protesting, asking her to change or to appeal some of those restrictions. Well, for us, in Haiti, the DR is 10 times worse. 5 p.m., if you're on the street, the police see you, you go to jail. Wow. You got to be out of the street. That's, this, this is it. Um, I mean, you can go on and on and on. Okay, so it's really straight. There's no freedom, and they go to the extreme because it's a third world country. Uh, the, 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 the civilians don't have any guns except the bad people, okay? Uh, if your freedom were to be taken away, maybe you can challenge it. It doesn't exist. So pray, if you would, uh, for our people in Haiti and also the Dominican Republic. I want you to open your Bibles quickly with me. We're going to go to the book of Psalms. I just want to be an encouragement to you this morning. And then uh, tonight, uh, as we say on the mission field, we might clean the house a little bit, okay? But uh, this morning, we want to just encourage you 
Psalms 133, uh, I will read, uh, you can follow with me. It's only three verses, it's not long. Um, The Bible says this, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garments as the dew of Hermon and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. David, King David, is the one who is speaking uh, in this passage of Scripture uh, this morning. David, in speaking in the psalm, uh, speak on how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. In verse 2, David described what it is like to live together in unity. So uh, he wanted the people, obviously in, in, in that time and day and age, to understand what it is like. What can you compare it with when you see brothers that are living together in unity? He says, David says, number one, that it is like, he says, the precious ointment that is poured up on the head of Aaron's that run down to the skirt, to his beard, then uh, down to his skirt, all the way down to his garments, and obviously fall to, if you would, the ground. So in other words, living together in unity as brothers is a precious thing in the sight of David. It's a precious thing. Number two, he says that it is like the dew of Hermon. Uh, if you would, uh, 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 it's, it's like the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. Zion is obviously where the Lord, if you would, commanded the blessing. What blessing? He says, uh, the blessing of life uh, forevermore. Do is a teeny drop of water that form, if you would, in the cool of the night. Mm. And then on the top of the leaves, that's on the, if you would, maybe uh, uh, trees that are planted there on the mountain, on the grass. And then come in the morning, those little drops of water run down from the leaves of, of, of the trees and fall to the ground, and it becomes what you call a source of irrigation for the plants that are planted there, if you would, on the mountain. So the purpose of do in the Bible here, as David is speaking, is to keep the ground moisture, which means it becomes a source of irrigation to the ground, which allowed the plants on the mountain, and in this particular, may I say, a place where the plants are planted, to become flourishing, where vegetables and plants are become, if you would, uh, would you say, vibrant, alive, Amen. without having a source of irrigation, because the dew itself does it. Farmers who farms and locations where there is dew, uh, they do not need to have a source of irrigation, count themselves to be fortunate. 
I'm thinking of in Haiti, the mountains where my aunt lives, deep in the mountains. Uh, they grow coffee in the mountain. Uh, they grow vegetables and if you would, all kind of different, uh, if you would, uh, plants. But when you go up this mountain and you're looking around, there's really no way, no source of irrigation of water. And yet all the plants look so green. So if you were flourishing and they look so healthy. And then when I ask the questions, how do you guys actually water these plants? The answer is always, we do not water them because they do, if you would, of the night, of the morning, take care of the irrigation, if you would, of the plants. So Mount Zion is always flourishing because of the dew that is, if you would, flowing through it. It is always greenish. It, it always looks alive and vibrant. It is always appealing, if you would, to the eyes because of the dew, if you would, that is on the mountain. Uh, so that is uh, what it is like, David says, uh, when a brothers, if you will, dwell or they leave, he says, uh, together. So he says it is a good thing. He says, uh, uh, when they live in, in unity, he says it is pleasant. Amen. When they live in unity, he says it is precious. Right. When they live, he says, in unity, it produces an atmosphere where the relationships among the people can flourish. It, it, it all takes place because of what you call unity among the believers, the Christians, if you were the brothers. Abraham, in uh, Genesis uh, 13, 8, the Bible says one day, uh, saw a horrible scenario, or head of a, a horrible scenario, before, before you saw it, if you were, that, that was taking place. When Abraham ran and then to see what was going on, he found that if you would, his herdman was a strife, missionary strife, with the herdman, if you would, of Lot. Which means uh, uh, the servants of Abraham are fighting against the servants, if you would, of Lot. Because the servants are fighting automatically, that caused Abraham and Lot, if you would, to come, if you would, at strife. This, my brothers and sisters in Christ, was not a pleasant sight. It was an ugly sight. It was an unpleasant sight. Now you have, uh, uh, may I say, uh, witnesses of the public heathen standing on both sides, uh, watching an uh, uncle and, uh, if you would, and a nephew fighting. And then Abraham, who can see how, if you would, nasty the sight was, uh, how unpleasant, if you would, how not good, how, if you would, uh, may I say, evil it was, uh, uh, he, the Bible says, uh, 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 went on to try to create peace uh, between him, if you would, and Lot. The strife created an atmosphere that destroyed Abraham's relationship with Lot. Because they separated and Lot eventually left. If it was not, if you would, for the matter of Lot being in trouble, for Abraham to go see if he wouldn't even try to deliver him. Uh, who knows if they would have ever get back together again so far as in a human relationship. So Abraham told Lot, let us not strife. He says to him, if you go to the left, I go to the right. If you go to the right, I will go to the left. Because the strife is a bad thing. It destroyed the wonderful flourishing relationship that existed between Abraham and Lot. According to this passage of scripture this morning, we need unity 
are, if you would, wherever we live, we dwell together as brothers and sisters in Christ. We need unity in our homes because we are brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, we must not uh, strive. Uh, we need unity in our marriages because uh, we are brothers and sisters in Christ. Not only are we lovers, uh, but we are also born again believers uh, that are supposed to watch one for another if we had any, may I say, uh, misunderstanding as lovers uh, that the love of Christ uh, should be enough to bring us together to resolve it because we are brothers in Christ. And sisters, and so uh, we need uh, unity uh, in our, if you will, community uh, because we're brothers who dwell together. We need unity in our country because we are brethren who live together. We need unity in our churches uh, because we are brothers uh, and sisters living together. We must not strive uh, because of what strife does uh, to the unity. That's right. Let's repeat it again. Remember, strife. A cause, a public scene where you have a bunch of people watching you as strife who is going to make comments about you. That's none of their business. And the comments are never good. I was right. uh, going through this lesson with my kids last night and the Dominican Republic and, 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 and Haiti. Normally when there is a fight, uh, if you were, there's a public gathering because people want to see what's happening. Imagine I say, Stephen and little David are strife. They fight, they're fighting, strife. And then all the neighborhoods come together, and now they stand on both sides watching. In fact, this is actually took place, not just them as an example. As a kid growing up, in my neighborhood, we had a war around our compound. We had a commotion outside of the compound, fights. So we all, you know, kids, jump out of the compound and go and see what's happening. It was two brothers that was fighting. The bigger brother, the older brother, got married, moved to our communities and, and lived there. And those two kids from the mountain, they came down, the young men, to visit their brother, to meet, if you would, their sister-in-law. And that's why they were at the house, true story, a fight broke among them. And they, it was screaming, it was a bloody fight. I mean, in Haiti, when there's a fight, there's commotion, really, really big commotion. Ah, ah, no, So that is everybody's learning to go see what's going on. Our job and I went and see, and there was people all over the place waiting. And then the true story, I was listening to the comments they were making about those two brothers fighting. One of them said, look at how nastily he cut his head with the piece of rock. And the other one says, man, he is mean evil. And somebody else said, no, that little one, he's the one that deserved the beating. He deserved every bit of it. And then somebody else said, you know what, he had a big mouth. He needed, he needed to be stopped. I, I, you know, it, it becomes, when brothers are yeah, fighting, right. you, you create, a, literally speaking, a public commotion for a bunch of heathen and saved people to come and to make comments about you that are not good comments. Right. And that's why David said, that's not good. The, the good thing is, the peace, if you were to be in unity, to be, if you were, all in one, together. And then it creates an ugly sight. It brings shame, reproach. Uh, if you were two, those of us brothers that are fighting, it brings sorrow. And then uh, also, it, it, it put the relationship that we have uh, in the danger of a death. Right. Because people that are fighting cannot be friends anymore. 
They cannot have a sweet communion of fellowship together anymore. So therefore, there are four reasons why we need unity among us. Number one, we need unity because it is good. Amen. First yes. Thessalonians chapter 5, 15 says, Paul admonished the Christians, the believers. I will read it for you in this uh, uh, concept, this subject of unity among them and the church. But obviously, uh, that also means in their home. It also means if you would in our country and communities. First Thessalonians chapter 5, 15. This is what Paul says to the church at Thessalonica. He says, see that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is what? Good. Both among yourselves and to all men. So if unity is good, and Paul is speaking to the believers at Thessalonica, he is encouraging to follow, always be followers of that which is good. So therefore, in the church, uh, we should all be in the same mindset. That is, uh, we want unity, we want peace, if you would, in our churches. And so if there is any disagreement, any, if you would, uh, uh, discomfort uh, of uh, maybe uh, 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 differences of ideas, uh, but our goal should be uh, we want to keep what we do and the unity of the faith of the believers. Uh, our goal is uh, we want to be unified. Never, if you were to be a strife. And so, uh, uh, and then, so therefore, the question is, uh, then what, what is it that will uh, unite us uh, together as brethren? It is when we have a common goal that will unite us together, a common cause that will unite us together. Philippians 1.27, if you were to ask the Christians, the believers, to, if you would have the common, and may I say, a cause of spreading their faith, the gospel, of the Lord Jesus Christ. So now the word in the church, when we come together, we all in the same mind, in the same heart, in the same spirit, in the same thinking, we want to spread the gospel. That will give us, if you would, unity. When we all in the same mind, the same heart, the same, if you would, uh, 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 spirit, we want to reach this community for Christ. That will give us unity because we all want to accomplish the same thing. If you would, in Romans chapter 12 and, and verse 12 and 16, this is the Apostle Paul uh, speaking here to the Christians, believers uh, at Rome. Let's see what he says unto them. Romans chapter 12, verse 15. He says this, Rejoice with them that do rejoice, and weep with them that do weep. Be of the same mind. One, he says, are together uh, toward another. Mind not, he says, high things, but condition of men to low estate, be not wise, he says, in your own conceit. And again, the idea is of common cause, common yeah. thinking. Yeah. Uh, that will bring us to the life of unity in which we want to live. And so, as the four reasons this morning, we need uh, to uh, have unity among us. Number one, it is, it is because it's good. Uh, secondly, it is because it is pleasant. When we live together in unity, we have a pleasant sight. Uh, listen now, a pleasantness is what causes our mind and spirit to calm down. When my heart sees something pleasant, it calms my spirit. When my eyes see something pleasant, it causes me to relax. When I get involved in something that is pleasant, it causes me, literally speaking, to begin to participate in that which is pleasant. There are things that we deem that are pleasant unto us. Such as we can say, you know, I want to have some pleasant talk. I don't want to, dis I don't want to discuss 
heavy-duty business type, if you would, of discussion hours, some pleasant talk. It is, it is, it is, such as we said, I want to have some pleasant activities. Such as we said, I want to have some pleasant reading. So sometimes we said, I want to have some pleasant, if you want to do some pleasant writing. Listen, I, 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 was, I was there in West Virginia, and then uh, uh, that, that, <laughs> this particular day, uh, I can see that my wife's been uh, doing homeschooling all day long uh, with the kids. And then as Brother uh, Manning mentioned, they've been a little bit, you know, rambunctious, you know. And I can see that even in her mind, uh, you know, she, she needed, uh, if you would, something pleasant to do. And I said, well, let's watch some uh, a movie. But my wife is not into the movie uh, if you're watching things all the time. And I love watching movies once in a while. And so uh, then I, as I, I turned the TV on, and then it, we, we, we switched to a channel that was, if you would, a, a cooking channel uh, that has to do with a uh, uh, pickle. They were, they were uh, if you would, how do you say this stuff? They were trying to uh, uh, pickle all kind of different, uh, if you would, vegetables. And, uh, you know, they were giving stories where they came from, how to prepare this different dish. And I watched my wife as we switched to this channel, and then I saw her spirit went like, huh. And she loved watching that stuff, and I, and I leave it there too. I'm watching, you know. And then I say, well, in that case, in my mind, I say, you know what? Uh, we do need uh, 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 next week, I said, to get a night, maybe on a Monday night. Let's, let's do some of these, you know, uh, uh, different recipes of, uh, of uh, dishes that you saw on the TV. And she loved the idea. And the reason is, I can tell, when we got to that station, it was a pleasant thing for her. It was a pleasant sight. She loved to cook. She loved to do different recipes, and I can tell. And so, when we consider the subject of pleasant, mm, pleasantness, we see that from the creation of the world, God was in the business of making things that are pleasant to the human eyes. Yeah. To the human heart, to the human soul. If you read, it, read in Genesis 2, uh, verse 9, uh, I will read it for you because God understands the psychology of the human, if you would mind and heart and spirit and also soul. Let, let me read for you Genesis 2, 9. Genesis 2, 9. This is what the Bible says. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is what? Pleasant to the eyes, to the sight. Huh? He says, and good for food, the, the, if you would, the, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, of the tree of knowledge, and good if you would, and evil. Uh, so God, who is the creator of mankind, he make all the trees because he knows that it's pleasant to the sight, to the spirit, to the soul. He make the ocean. I cannot explain to you. On the mission field, whenever I feel like, uh, my goodness, uh, my, my mind is going a little crazy. I've been too busy or uh, maybe uh, too spiritual in the work of the ministry. Uh, the ocean is only about 15 minutes from our house. Huh? And on Friday, uh, we will take our kids there. When I say the ocean, I mean there's nobody. Right. None. Zero. Any direction from where we live, you go, the ocean is right there. We live in like right where the bay, ocean bay is. It's all around us. So we will go and spend the whole day, and my wife will just sit there and read a book, and we and the sun, we do not see not one soul. And I will step in the blueness of the water with my little fishing pole or fishing string. I will fish. And sometimes we cut fish, sometimes I don't. <laughs> okay? <laughs> and then we would cut sometimes eel and go home and clean them up and cook them. But what I'm saying is this. I see how pleasant it is to my mind. 
to my heart, to my spirit, when I do those things. When I first moved from Haiti to the Dominican Republic, as uh, we mentioned, Haiti is a rough neighborhood. <laughs> and they had waffed me really bad. And so when we got to the DR in our compound, uh, my wife wanted to have some goats. And we, we did. I did not know that the Lord was doing it for my own sake. But we had some billy goats, long ear goats, you know, and then maybe about four or five of them. And then we, we had a little, you know, uh, a pen where we put the, the, the goats. And so often in the morning, I would go out there, get some grass, and then feed it to the goats. And I really feel like mentally my spirit began to calm down. Because God made it that way that the human will see and know and understand things that are pleasant, if you would, to the eyes, to calm his spirit and his soul down. Second Samuel 1.26, uh, it was uh, David that was speaking about his friendship uh, between him, if you would, and uh, I think it was uh, Jonathan, uh, where he says his, his, his friendship with, with, with Jonathan was truthfully pleasant. He says, uh, even to the point, he says, he says uh, past the love, he says, uh, uh, between a man and also a woman. Second uh, uh, Samuel 126. Let's read it. In 126, I am, he says, uh, distressed for thee, my brother Jonathan, very pleasant has thou been unto me. Thy love to me was wonderful, passing the love of women. When he says, uh, if you were the, uh, uh, Jonathan was pleasant to him, he's talking about the friendship that he had, if you were with him. Uh, Proverbs 2 uh, 10 speaks again on the subject of pleasantness. Proverbs 16 26 again uh, speaks to us on the subject of, being, of things that are pleasant. Pleasant has to do with things that pleases us, that pleases our eyes and our heart and our mind and spirit and soul. Now let's go back to what David said. David said, when brothers dwell together in unity, he says, it is a pleasant, if you would think, a unity in the home, unity in the church, unity, if you would, in our countries, in our homes. It is a pleasant thing if you have tasted and you know what pleasant is all about. The unity that, if you would, that you will taste will do so much to your spirit, to your soul, to your mind. You will feel like, wow, this is truthfully pleasant. Amen. So what David is asking us this morning to do is stay away from striving. Uh, do not uh, strive. Uh, if you were the life of fasting and bickering and if you were and fighting, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of uh, in the Dominican Republic one night, 11 o'clock at night, Sunday night, I got a phone call. Uh, one of our young men called me. Uh, Pastor, he says, my home is upside down. Mom is going crazy. Uh, there's a major fight. And so as, as, I, as I leave my house, 11 o'clock at night, got to their home, and I saw all the kids, about six kids in the, in the family, in their home, they all stood there, sad looking, uh, if you would, their faces. And then their spirit, you can tell, was grieved because their mom was going crazy over, if you would, under that. Dad, if you would, who do not want to fight, who do not want to strike, she, he, he, he left the house, yet the mom has bottles in her hand and a broom and all the things she was waiting to fight 11 o'clock at night. And I remember going there to try to create peace. And you can tell, it took weeks for the kids to get over that. The damage the strife did to the relationship uh, to the unity, to the goodness, if you would have liked, and the embarrassment. And even though I'm the pastor of the church, every time the kids saw me, because of what happened, they would bow their heads because they become shameful 
over the strife that was, if you would, in their homes. Why should we have unity? It's good. It's a good thing. We need, we need to have it because it's good. Number two, it is because it's pleasant. And then number three, it is because it is precious. Hmm? Yeah. Yes, it, is. It, it is precious to live in unity. Uh, the, the, the word precious means, uh, listen to this one, an object of great value. <laughs> in other words, uh, if you would, it is, unity is, a, is, a, is a something of great value. It, it, the, the word precious means a substance of great value, a resource of great va- value, a peace and unity among our brethren is an object of great value. It is, it is sub, a substance of great value. It is a resource of great value to the point that the Apostle Paul says, uh, look, if you have to, uh, in, a, in a strife situation, he says, for the sake of peace and unity, one of you just says, you know what, I'll just take the blame. So that way there could be unity and peace. The word precious also means something or someone that is greatly loved. Which makes me think of John 3, 16, for God so what? Love the world that he gave his only begotten son. Now that we are precious to him. Right. Something or someone that is treated by, 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 by someone else, listen to this one, and they treasured them. They are a piece, if you would have treasured, if you would unto them. So again, uh, uh, that is why the Bible says in Romans 16, uh, uh, 17 and 18, to avoid uh, certain people, it is those who causes divisions, if you would, among us, those who are contrary to the doctrines which we have, uh, if you would, learn. Uh, they are trying to destroy something that is precious unto us. If you, the unity of the marriage, the unity of the home, the unity of the church, the unity that is among mom and dad, the unity of the pastors and their members, the unity, if you would, that is in the country, the nation, and pastors to avoid those people, avoid everything, everyone who try to create divisions among you. Finally, why should we have Unity among us, four reasons. The last one is because it is conducive to the survival of our relationships right. as human. You, you can't have a healthy marriage, listen to me, without peace and unity in that marriage. You cannot have a healthy home without peace and unity in that home. And if you would, you cannot have a healthy country without peace and unity in it. The unity, remember, is like the dew, that little drop of water in the middle of the night, that if you would run down to the ground, that causes the plant to become flourishing. When you see a wife, uh, if you would, is bubbled up with joy and gladness, and then if you would, her face looks like she has life in it, it is because in her home there is peace and unity. When you see kids that are, if you are confident and excited, and they are filled with joy and excitement, it is because in their home there is peace and unity. Even here in the state, when you see a kid whose life is upside down, we say that the kids come from a broken home. Which means uh, that the, the do that, that the child needed in order for, for them to be able to be filled with joy and gladness, uh, to cause them to have the stability of life, it has been destroyed. Yes, sir. Because of strife, moms and dads who separated, they could not resolve their differences for the sake of unity 
and peace among them. So in conclusion, that is probably the most powerful thing right now to every church that was healthy and the U.S. imagine and Haiti, the Dominican Republic, the relationship that we had among us, believers, after church, before church, Christians will come, they will fellowship, they will sing, they will, they will, they will through their fair, they will just hang around because they, they, they enjoy such relationship they have one with another. And then have this pandemic come and ask that we all separated, if we all take social distance, we cannot, if you will, come to close up uh, one, one with, with, with another. I'm talking about worldwide, where, where, they, where church was uh, healthier. If you go and ask those Christians, those believers, uh, what is one of the things that they miss the most, uh, they will tell you the Christian fellowship that they will have. Right. Exactly right. Because there was unity among them. There was, if you would, the doom that causes the relationship to survive. May I say to you this morning, if you are a child of God, understand, as I taught earlier, even though it is a difficult moment for the church, listen, but we know it will pass. We know that by God's grace, we're going to be able to come back together. And when we come back together, the relationship of unity in the church needs to keep going. That's right. The unity, the love, and, and the homes and our families, we need, we need if you would, that, uh, to keep, if you would, that going. So I'm going to ask you uh, to do four things uh, this morning as we have an invitation before we pray. Number one is, I'm asking you to thank God for the unity that we have, number one, with God. Number one, and number two, with our home and our home and our marriages, and our church, and our families, and also in our country. And then be careful here in the U.S. As you can see, there's always a group that try to divide the country. Uh, be wise, be smart enough to avoid those kind of people. And then understand that it is those who fear God, who wants what's best for the country, who are fighting for the unity of this country. Those are the people you need to listen to the most. Yes, Secondly, I'm asking you to strive to live in peace with those around you as much as it is possibly in you to live peaceably with all men. In other words, in time of strife and if you would and 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 and, and, and then fight as much as you can uh, create the peace, take the step of peace. As much as you can create a, a unity and then if let that be your aim, if you would your goal. And then number three, I'm asking you to avoid everyone who is trying to cause divisions and your marriage, and your home, and your church, and your family, and also in your country. And finally, I'm asking you to embrace, socialize with those who are pushing you to unify with your family, with your wife and children, your home, your church. Those are the people you need to hang around with because they are healthy, they are going to be the one that causes you to, as the Bible says, live in unity so you can enjoy the pleasant things of life that God wants you to enjoy. Would you please bow your heads and close your eyes so that way we may pray. Father, thank you so much this morning for the subject of unity. 
the way that you allow us to unify as a church this morning, even though it's difficult, God, even though there's so many different rules, regulations, and oppositions, and yet we find a way to unify among us as believers. We understand when we got saved, we unified with you, and this unification is forever. And we do understand, Lord, when we leave this earth, as the scripture says, Lord, it, it gets even better because we get to see you face to face. We get to be with you in your presence. As this, the Apostle Paul says in the scripture, we get to see you face to face. And I pray this morning, Father, if there's someone among us who has not yet unified with you this morning, you would help them to understand how important it is for them to unify with you. Because it's a good thing. Because they get eternal life. It is a precious thing. Even in the scripture, you says, you so love the world that you gave your only begotten son. His bars and eyes are closed. If you're not saved this morning, would you realize how precious you are in God's sight? Uh, you, you mean more to God than the Bible says, the materialistic things of this world. What shall it profit a man to gain the entire world and lose his own soul? So to God, your soul means a whole lot. God does not want you to perish after death. He doesn't want you to go to hell. He wants you to be saved so that way you may live with him in heaven forever. Second Peter 3, 9 says, A God is not willing that any should perish, but all will come to repentance. That's why he's being so patient. That's why he's giving us as much time as we need so we can repent and come and believe in his son, Jesus Christ. All God asks you to do this morning is believe in his son, Jesus, as the Savior. Believe that he paid for your sins, death, when he died on the cross and was buried. Believe that he is the Savior of the world because he rose from the dead. But now Christ, Jesus, lives in the heaven. Only through faith in him, when you and I are forgiven in our sins, we can have, the Bible says, the abundance life. To do that, all you have to do in your heart is believe in the Lord Jesus as your Savior and ask him to save you. If you're a child of God this morning, or you say, Brother Biz, oh yes, I do want to live my life in unity. I want to unify with my wife. I want to unify with my kids. I want to unify with my husband. I do not want to live in strife. I do not want to see anything separate the unity that God gave us. You say, I want to unify in my church. I do not want to see anything come to, to create divisions among our church. We want to live in peace because we understand it's good. Because we understand it is pleasant. Because we understand it is precious. Because we understand it is vital for the survival of our relationship. And he said, good, it is. I want to live my life in unity. Would you raise your hands if you want to live your life in unity? Yes, mine too. Mine too. I'm going to ask the piano to play. As the piano play, I want you to stand on your feet. Let us stand together as way of invitation, as way of conclusion. Perhaps this morning, if you want to come down the altar and just uh, read 
enforce your spirit, your heart, and your mind. Push the reset button. Lord, I, I want to live my life in units. I want you to leave your seat and come down the altar and then simply talk to the Lord about it. No strife in your home. If there is strife, you will resolve it. If, if there is strife in the church, you will resolve it. But you do not want to live your life in a way of striving, destroying the peace and the unity that God wants you to live in. And so this morning, you want to make the decision, the choice. Lord, I want to live my life in peace and unity. The altar is open. You do as the Holy Spirit of God leads you. got to give yourself to be in a peacemaker. Blessed are the peacemakers. So I don't know if the other person will reciprocate. That's not the issue. The issue is us being a peacemaker. Quit trying to figure out how to fix people. You can't fix people. Instead, seek to live obediently. Do your part right. That's all you can do.